This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm EJ Dixon. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop, where millennials talk about teens, but not in a weird way, brought to you by Rolling Stone. So TikTok tends to unlock memories that you didn't know you had or that you didn't necessarily want unlocked. (laughs) And the prime example of that right now is berries and cream. You tried these new berries and cream starburst? Pardon me. What kind of starburst did you just say? Berries. Berries? Berries and what else? And cream. Berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. So I did not, I don't think I ever saw that that commercial. Yeah, that commercial was all over. Yeah. I think it was like all over like MTV. It's one of those types of commercials where you would see this constantly while watching hours and hours of real world or Jersey Shore. Um, That's my sense memory with it is like, I remember it from my hours of consuming MTV. So basically this is, this is a Starburst commercial Mm -hmm. um, from 2007. um, And it's featuring this character created by this guy, Jack Ferber, who's a choreographer, who's like, I guess I would describe him as like a foppish Victorian (laughs) ghost child. Yeah. and my understanding is it went mildly viral, like it was occasionally yeah. parodied on YouTube, um, which was sort of in its early days. Yeah. But I, I mean, I feel like 2007, like we were too normal. Like like the culture was too normie in 2007. Like it was, <laughs> I feel like it was probably too weird and absurdist to like really pick up steam. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, I, I don't remember ever having conversations about it the way that I had like, you know, like the what's up, like commercials, like in the early 2000s and stuff. Like it wasn't something that like, it was viral in a sense in my own cultural life. So it's very funny that it's something that's picked up the way it has over the last month, month or two. Yeah. I can't imagine the people wearing like Von Dutch hats and Ed Hardy, like talking about (laughs) this at like Kitson or whatever. But yeah. um, Cut to earlier this year. It's sort of, you know, berries and cream kind of disappeared into the ether. TikTok has taken off. There's this podcaster who uploads the sound to TikTok of berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. And he tweets that he hopes it takes off. And it doesn't until late this summer when it starts to very slowly gain steam on alt TikTok. I've seen um, Miley Cyrus remixes. I saw a WAP. Yeah. Berries and cream. From the top, make it drop. That's some berries and cream. Now get a bucket and a mop. That's some berries and cream. I'm talking berries, berries, cream. What have you seen? Um, I've seen berries and cream with like the uh, cupcake song that smacked my ass like a drum. I've seen that mixed with it, like with every other song, but that's been one of my favorites. But the version I've been seeing is a lot of people telling people they look like the berries and cream guy. So I've always seen, I always get videos of people who have like the haircut and look mildly like berries and cream. And so I get a lot of videos where like a commenter has told someone that they look like berries and cream. It's a shockingly common haircut. Like you could see sort of like Ella M. Hoff sporting it. Yeah. You know, like it's a very Bushwick. It's also a haircut that's already gone viral too because of the like Willy Wonka viral thing that happened last year for inexplicably where like that guy who was dressed up like Johnny Depp in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory had that same wig. And so that's, that wig has a lot of legs. Like I feel like this Halloween we're going to see that wig be like flying off shelves 
um, for people to dress up as berries and cream and also probably like do like a post like Willy Wonka costume from that they couldn't do last year. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm dreading seeing berries and cream costumes and everybody thinking that it's so original. <laughs> I'm dreading that. Yeah, but now the sound has something like 400 million views. So it's officially, I would say it's officially mainstream yeah. at this point um, and has kind of completely blown up. And I feel like it sort of perfectly illustrates the slow burn of how audios pick up steam on all TikTok and enter the mainstream consciousness. To me, it's representative of um, our collective brain worms <laughs> and how like certain sounds just kind of get stuck in your head. And that's a sound that gets stuck in your head. Like it's like, so it's one of those things where if you're just brain dead enough from the state of the world and just life, like you are going to have berries and cream just like playing loosely in your head, the way that I had, like, you know, like the Backyardigans songs, like, and also in the same way where those kind of made a weird comeback, like, just kind of on loop in my head for no reason um, to fill the void. The guy is back on TikTok, too, which yeah. I think has really helped give it momentum. Yeah. He's back on TikTok, and he's, I mean, it must be very strange to go viral 15, almost 15 years later for a yeah. character that you created for an ad? <laughs> for um, a Starburst ad. <laughs> yeah, for a Starburst ad <laughs> that kind of just, like, disappeared into the ether. Yeah. Um, and Starburst has commented on it. Yeah. Basic, basically being like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't understand why this is coming back. Yeah, of, co of course they got it on it. It would be, it's a good, it's good marketing for them. It also seems like, it seems like the kind of thing that, I don't know exactly like when they plan Super Bowl ads, but I feel like there's definitely going to be a Berries and Cream Super Bowl oh, ad. Oh, a thousand percent. They're definitely going to remake it. I feel like Lil Nas X is going to be wearing the Berries and Cream wig and going to get, you know, a bunch of viral sort of whatever doing remaking the video with the original guy. Hopefully. I hope he gets paid. Maybe they'll get Lil Nas X to make out with to push Timothy Chalamet against a locker <laughs> and make out with him wearing, and they're both wearing berries and cream wigs. That would really capture the zeitgeist yeah. in, in a way that, you know, the Super Bowl is excellent at doing. <laughs> so we have a, a kind of, um, a little bit of a theme this episode. We have a lot of nostalgia coming up and there's one that is sort of nostalgic for last year. And I'm hoping that you'll you'll be able to explain a little bit about the Animal Crossing furry porn um, that we are going to be talking about next. Sure. So, <laughs> furry expert EJ Dixon. I guess I am in a way. <laughs> I don't know. I so so you don't. I don't know if you know this about me, Brittany, but I love moral panics. Yes, I love them. I, yeah. I, I think they're so funny. And one of my favorite types of moral panics is the moral panic where kids are like, where people are like oh my God, kids are exposed to something weird and sexual, like, oh no, whatever shall we do? And this is how I kind of feel about um, this Animal Crossing porn, this furry porn that's going viral on TikTok right now. So let me let me just show this to you. Yeah, please um, do. Before I explain the context. Are, are you an Animal Crossing fan? I have dabbled in my life. Um, I played more when I was a kid and I played a little bit when my roommate had it last year. But I'm not an avid video game player, but I'm familiar. I'm more familiar with Animal Crossing than I am with most video games. So this this will probably resonate with you. Yeah. Just describe what you see as as the okay. mood strikes. Oh my god! What the fuck? <laughs> describe. I don't know what I was expecting. It's literally it's, you literally described it as porn. And I was not expecting to see um, full penetration in an animated Animal Crossing Egyptian cat. Um, so describe what you saw. Um, I saw a character from Animal Crossing who's an Egyptian cat, Anka, who was basically just, you know, fucking this character, other this human character. And you know what? Good for her. So... Yeah, so that that's that's a very apt summation. <laughs> it's extremely, you know, yeah. it's super explicit. It was made um, by this very internet famous uh, animator named Zone, who makes a lot of furry art. Yeah, um, and it actually dates from January. And 
they're having sex to this song by a Croatian singer named Sandy Martin yeah. called Camel by Camel. Great song. Slaps. That's a bop. Slaps. And it's been trending on TikTok not because of the clip itself, although apparently it did make the rounds at one point. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's not going viral anymore because TikTok censors are, are really puritanical. Yeah. So like the what was going was it like the actual footage from it was going viral or the song or no? What's going viral is or what people are upset about right now is that people are doing a dance that is basically imitating. Uh, the cat's grinding in okay, the video. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the very rhythmic grinding in the video. But that's all dancing. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, and that's what's, I think, important to note is that it's it's not apparent what it's referencing. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to, like, go into the comments and do some research to yeah. know, like, what the source material or what the reference is. And Distractify did a write-up on it that I found really funny, where they said, there's been some suggestion that the video has sexual origins, although it's unclear whether those rumors are true. It's, like, great reporting, guys. <laughs> like, no. It's, like, no shit. <laughs> it's, it's very clear. They're, the reference is, you know, they're dancing like a character who's having sex in a furry porn. Yeah. Um... Though to be fair, like if you look at the actual sound, most of the videos under the sound are more reacting to the videos. Yeah. But there are all these right wing groups that are really mad about this because TikTok is quote unquote a kids app, and they think that this trend is grooming kids on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where like, I mean, I, you know, we like joke about it too, but it's like it's like TikTok has become so much bigger than just like what they everyone thinks is like the only audience for it too right like i get so many like old people doing like grandparents like doing stuff on there like i don't know the moral panic part of it is just eh, people are dancing yeah dancing is grinding i mean that's essentially what i was that's essentially (laughs) what i was gonna ask you like you know there's there's this right-wing group exodus cry that i that i report on sometimes it's very anti-porn and they posted about this on instagram with the hashtag like protect kids not porn yeah and i was gonna ask like do you think this is a inappropriate like does this make you uncomfortable and b like do you think tiktok is even a kids app anymore i don't think it's a kids app anymore yeah um i mean the video (laughs) was a lot but like i don't know yeah, it's just that's that's around anywhere. You can find that anywhere. I think people think like there's I people I think people think there's like they want to create one enemy, right? Like they want to create the one thing that they think is like the cause of everything. And it's like no, like if a kid wants to find this stuff, like they just have to go online. Like it's not even like necessarily TikTok feeding it to them. Yeah, it's not like kids don't see porn. Yeah. Kids see porn all the time. Yeah. I mean, the data shows that very clearly. Something like 95% yeah. of even, kids see porn before they turn, like, 13. It's not even that video, like, necessarily going viral anymore. It's just, like, the dance, really. Yeah. So, and that's, again, like, all dancing is, like, grinding. <laughs> so, it's a, it's a it's It's a reference yeah. to... A furry porn. Yeah. Which is, you know, like the source material is extremely explicit and inappropriate. Yeah. But like you kind of have to do some digging. Like you have to get off the app and like yeah. go on YouTube. And it kind of took me a while to find the video too. Yeah. Like, I mean, not super long because like yeah. I'm good at my job. But, <laughs> but like, I, I mean, it, it was but not easy to find. the average person would have to really, really dig to get that. Y- yeah. A person who's not a professional journalist and like spends all day researching and digging through. <laughs> they, they might find a lot of other Animal Crossing porn along the way. Yeah, like you did on the way to finding the video. Yeah, basically. Um, but it's not, it's not like it's super easy to find. And it's yeah. just, and, and just the idea that like, this is an app for kids. So we can't allow anything remotely sexual on it. I find really problematic and offensive because like, it's a, it's a giant social media platform. Yeah. There are sex workers on the app who yeah. are kicked off all the time and who are harassed and accused of grooming just by virtue of their mere presence on the app. Yeah, I mean, like, it's become, especially over, again, like, the last year when everyone 
really flock to TikTok out of boredom and just being home and things like that. Like we have seen such an uptick in the age diversity of users and of content creators on the app. You know, I, I would say in the first like year, because it was born out of Musical.ly, which was very much like a Zoomer kid app like that. You know, I don't think there was any sort of other distinction of it being for people older uh, above the age of like 15, but like TikTok very quickly grew out of that and is very much an all ages app now. Um, just based off like, you know, the popular users and the people who are creating things and people who are watching things and, you know, making things go viral beyond the app itself, like through like Instagram and through um, Twitter and Facebook and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's very much a different ball game now. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I, I don't even think, you know, there, there's so much finger wagging about like, oh, there these, these, you know, 15 year old girls are imitating yeah. a cat having, you know, riding somebody in a furry porn but like are you even listening to what you're saying and yeah. like how funny that is <laughs> like that that's that that is a trend like as someone who was a teenager at the time of two girls one cup like this this will find this will find your children <laughs> like it's like not they will find whatever they want online like it's tiktok is not going to be you know parenting like like 13 year olds who don't care and like want to find like disgusting stuff. I feel like it was even worse for us. Oh, it was so much worse because you really had to search for it. Like it was like things that went viral in other forms. Like this was kind of like early YouTube. Like it was early social media, Twitter, Facebook, things like that. Like I don't even know where I learned about two girls, one cup, but I remember everyone watched it. Like everyone saw it and we had to search for it. Like it wasn't on YouTube. Like we had to like find it online, like the depths of the internet to watch it and it was disgusting. I feel like if two girls I regret go- finding it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like if two girls one cup went viral now, I feel like there would be definitely a TikTok trend about it where people pretended to be referencing it. Oh, like yeah, absolutely. eating soft serve. Yeah. Yeah. And or like I don't know, doing like other weird stuff. Yeah, and it, yeah. Yeah. And it would barely make a ripple like yeah. it would barely it would barely pass notice like certainly yeah it'd be tame it'd be super tame yeah <laughs> i mean now white lotus is out like it's like who no one cares about people shitting and and random things i think it's the eating of the shit that really <laughs> yeah. you know crosses the line but <laughs> i blocked that part out of it because i don't think i was able to watch the whole thing <laughs> i don't think i was able to like actually keep my like eyes on the whole video because it was you know anyway Thinking up my high school trauma. Um, I'm so nostalgic for two girls, one <laughs> I'm, I'm, nostal- I'm nostalgic for like the social bonding brought about by watching. Because yeah. I, I remember watching it in my dorm room with, uh, you know, my my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And, and it was it was like an exp- the same thing happened with Pirates. Yeah. Do you remember when Pirates came out? Oh, yeah. The porno? Yeah. yeah they, we, we all, it was the only <laughs> time in my life I've ever collectively watched a porno, but we all, we all sat around. And, and I know, that was like a big, maybe that was just like. I don't know, do kid, do teens still do that? But, like, it was, like, very much, like, a big sort of thing where it would just be, like, okay, like, this, like, nasty thing came out. Like, let's all watch it in my friend's basement. Like, we would go on, like, Omegle and Russian, um, or what was it, like, chat roulette. I was going to say Russian roulette, chat roulette. And, like, people would just be, like, flashing and be, like, ten girls, like, sitting around their computer being, like, oh, my God, this guy just, like, flashed us on chat roulette. It's like, why is this a shared experience? But that's the culture of the 20 oh, 2010 <laughs> so yeah i mean tiktok is is built around nostalgia we're nostalgic for flashing people on omega yeah. and, and two, <laughs> watching two girls one cup um and one of the biggest examples of millennial nostalgia overpowering the platform is twilight memes yeah i mean speaking of my high school trauma <laughs> um, my dedication to twilight was a big part of it and it's been sort of crazy and weird that out of seemingly nowhere, the one big property that's had such a big impact on internet culture overall over the last year and a half, I would say, has been Twilight in a way that, like, I I don't even think people had this much sort of fondness for it when it came out. Like, I think people are just like, it's a bad movie series, and it objectively was, Um but it's very funny to see, you know, you see like Bella's Lullaby has been such a big sound on TikTok for 
over a year now. There are so many videos attached to it. People have become obsessed with just sort of analyzing parts of the movie. Um, people have become obsessed with the books, with sort of analyzing, um, you know, the way that Stephanie Meyer writes the books. Uh, people are sort of pointing out like the repetitive phrases in the books, like over a lot of videos last year. And we're seeing a random line that is something that I never even registered as funny or like notable, which is... Bella! Where the hell have you been, Luca? <laughs> like what, why is that, why? Why are so many people so obsessed with no, this line? No, no, but I have I to ask I you. I understood. I have to ask you. Like, I, I am not a twihard. Okay. So I, I... I was. I read all the books. I went to the Stephanie that Meyer. That really never registered with you. You didn't see anything unusual about that. No part... Like, I think because... Okay, so New Moon... Okay. This maybe we should maybe we should describe what, what it actually is referring to. Okay. Like, what, it, what is... So Bella, Where the Hell Have You Been, Loca, comes from the second film in the Twilight film series, New Moon. It is the worst book, it is the worst film. I think that's also why I don't didn't register it, because it's maybe the most problematic of, I mean, you know, there's, that's a bigger discussion. But anyway, <laughs> that one, like, Bella literally tries to kill, she literally tries to kill herself because Edward won't call her. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really, it's insane. That's a good message. By Twilight standards, it's truly insane. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I just had never registered that as like particularly of importance when I saw it in theaters, but it's also not a movie I've gone back to watch often. Like that new moon is the one I skip and don't really care for because it's like the worst of the, I just hate, like, it's just like awful to me. So it's like funny to me that people are drawn to this very specific part of new moon, but also, I don't know, there's just like so many other weird things. Like the line that my friends and I were obsessed with in high school was, um, hang tight spider monkey that Edward says to her when they're like doing his vampire run through the forest. Like that was like the quote unquote viral line of my like Tumblr era of Twilight. You better hold on tight spider monkey. Why does he call her that? It's, it doesn't make sense. Um, but he literally just calls her spider monkey and like, she's like attached to his back as he's like showing her how vampires run really fast. I mean, I, like, <laughs> this is like, honestly, like trying to explain Twilight stuff is, is triggering me. I mean, the career trajectory of Taylor <laughs> Lautner in particular is like fa endlessly fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Like just endlessly fascinating. Shark Boy. Shark Boy. Yeah. Just like a, a moderately good looking kid with like virtually no talent yeah. became the biggest thing in the world for five years while this franchise was going on he was and on then the disappeared cover, off the face of the earth. He was on the cover of Rolling Stone, I think. He oh my God, I think you're Stone right. Cover. Um, yeah, he was like really hot. Like he did like one of the, the white shirt Rolling Stone covers and I think I had it. Yep. T it's Teen Wolf is the, is the thing. <laughs> Taylor Lautner's Wild Ride, Teen Wolf. He's wearing a white t-shirt and a football. He looks hot. Which would you say aged worse, the Taylor Lautner cover or the Jar Jar Binks cover? Uh, Jar Jar Binks is still famous. <laughs> He's still getting work. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is more famous. <laughs> what, work, what work is Jar Jar Binks booking? You know, it, like, yeah, that's Star Wars, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Wars is still big. Yeah, but Jar Jar is... What, what, Isn't what, he what still is, in the Star Wars movies? I don't know. I don't know. think so. Oh, well, I'm not No, I'm I think Jar Jar Binks was a huge flop, I feel like. Oh, well. I, I But I do so. feel like... I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I do think he had, like, somewhat of a minor resurgence at one point. There was definitely, like, a moment in time, like, around the time when people were, like, reanalyzing, like, Tanya Harding and Monica Lewinsky where people were like, Jar Jar Binks! No! Don't! <laughs> Jar Jar Binks to Tanya Harding and Monica Lewinsky. I'm just saying they're... Where's they're, American Crime Story Jar Jar Binks? I, they're very maligned. <laughs> they're all very maligned, like, early, late 90s, early oh, no. odds individuals. Jar Jar Binks is kind of serving on the cover. I'm not going to lie. So I'm I'm going to give it to Jar Jar. That's, that's for him. You know, they, yeah, there's Star Wars uh, theme parks. Jar Jar Binks is still working. Jar Jar Binks is not walking around Galaxy's Edge. I, I guarantee if he's you. He's not. I don't want to go. But you think? Yeah. Do you think ultimately Jar Jar Binks has more cultural relevance than Taylor Lautner in the yes. long run? But I don't know. Maybe 
Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka, is going to be what brings Taylor Lautner to Jar Jar Binks level. Has he commented on it? I don't think so. I don't that would be a smart move. It's one of, so, okay, here's the thing with a lot of these teen movies, right? And, like, um, especially with the people attached, not even just teen movies. Like, you look at, like, Gossip Girl, too, where Gossip Girl has had, like, a big resurgence. Barring the the reboot, like, there was, like, so many people were watching it. Um, there was, like, a big meme around Gossip Girl. But, like, none of the cast of Gossip Girl commented on it. Like, you'd think they would at least, like, playfully enjoy the fact that they would that they were sort of seeing this like show that they did, I guess, 10 years ago, have a weird comeback, but it's not that they want to associate with it. It's not like, I mean, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson definitely don't want to associate with Twilight. I think it's very hard to be a teen idol and to sort of gain a foothold in the culture for your youth and good looks and then watch your relevance kind of slip away. Yeah. Like, I'm not seeing Taylor Lautner commenting on it. I'm sure he doesn't want to be known anymore as just Jacob from Twilight. I'm sure that's like a big part of it too, where it's like, especially when you kind of are only associated with this one character specifically, you probably want to distance yourself as much as you can. I would hope that one day he'd comment it and have like a little bit of fun with it, but I'm sure I actually don't even know what he's up to anymore. Yeah. He hasn't really done anything in years, not since Scream Queens. In 2016. And that was a very ironic casting choice, too. Yeah. Like, that was also, like, past his sell-by date. And was sort of like a winking nod to the fact that he was over the hill. Yeah. I mean, I guess my question, like, why do you think Twilight, is is it purely nostalgia? Like, is that what is bringing these memes back? Or is there something particular about twilight that you think is really resonating with people in 2021 i think it's a combination of so much and i think it's you know robert pattinson and kristen stewart are still really famous and i think still really popular with people of all ages and younger generations love them like robert pattinson is still really hot to a lot of people he's about to be batman he's about to get even bigger um kristen stewart also really hot to a lot of people she's about to be princess diana about to get even bigger like it's a, a weird sort of they're both getting more famous by the year. Um, I think that last year people returned to a lot of nostalgia content to take up their time. People were rereading, rereading Twilight, reading it for the first time. Um, the movies were all available on streaming. I think they're all like on Netflix or Prime or something. Like they were all pretty readily available for people to watch them, but. Like, I think people were just kind of returning to things that gave them some sort of comfort or familiarity and were kind of silly and mind-numbing and Twilight's kind of perfect for that where you don't really have to think about it and, like, it's just kind of stupid and fun. Um, And it's kind of the perfect amount of time has passed for people to no longer care about whether or not the movies are good or care whether or not the books are good and just kind of enjoy it and do the things with it that were objectively very silly and weird that people didn't really have the outlet to do it with when they first came out because it was all people weren't, you know, people were doing mostly um, YouTube, like early proto fan fan cam type of like YouTube um, Bella, Jacob, Bella, Edward ship, Edward, Jacob ship videos on like Tumblr and on YouTube and things like that. Like, that was the extent of people engaging with Twilight in like a meme way. But I think the fandom took it almost too seriously. And I say that as a member of the Twihard fandom in the early years of it. Um, so I think people can have a little bit more fun with it. And it's just sort of like silly and stupid. It's just like all kind of silly and stupid. Like it's like everything about it, just the way that like, it's weird, but it's, you know, it was big. It was a huge franchise. The books were huge. The films were like massive releases. Um, and there's so much to make fun of, like, you know, Renezme, that weird haunted doll that they have to play the baby, um, the horrible pale makeup. From the beginning, it was Nessie who wanted me there. Nessie? You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? Everyone's acting, like, there's like so much to make fun of with it. I think it's so funny that something that we all universally kind of even agreed on at the time was terrible has had such an outsized cultural impact. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much. I mean, yeah, Fifty Shades, too, like, is 
always super like I mean that there's always like random stuff from that that kind of has me moments not to the extent of Twilight but of course it's born out of Twilight it's born out of Twilight fan fiction and it's kind of like a weird sort of cultural nucleus that no one expected it would be where it's like birthed all these like massive stars who are you know like very Oscar bait type of people and also in major other franchises now and um it's just like very it's very strange the music of it is also super wacky um yeah if you want to we were talking about two girls one cup whenever I hear the twilight theme I think about the two girls one cup theme they're very similar (laughs) yeah I would not be surprised if that was their inspiration oh my god That's so funny. I like didn't even think about the there was music in Two Girls Walk Up. Uh, but yeah, that Bella's Lullaby going viral is very funny. Um, it's just, it's super wacky. It's like really crazy that it's kind of come back in this way. Because I was obsessed with the books as a kid and obsessed with the movies. Um, and even though I knew the movies were bad and I just loved seeing them. And it was also, it was one of those like collective things where like all of my friends loved going to see the movies. Like we would go opening night. It was like a big sort of bonding thing that everyone would go see it the first weekend and talk about it. So it's like super hilarious that there's now a huge bonding thing where we're all like sharing these TikToks and like reliving um, all just like the embarrassing sort of level of fandom that we had for this movie uh, 15 years ago. Do you feel like it would have had the same impact if it were released today? The um, Well, I don't know. I think possibly yeah like i think there are people love a a love story and like people love like a weird sort of like i think vampires are always going to be kind of like hot i don't know i feel like people love that stuff like i think the books definitely would have taken off at least and um you know yeah i I think they would i don't know that it would be at this sort of level of like memeing but maybe it would be like if you put like a hot cast in something like it's gonna go it's gonna do well like people are still gonna really stand it Um, so yeah, I think it would do really well. I don't think it would be sort of, you know, the monster that it was. Cause I feel like when Twilight first came out, it was like one of those things where everyone had to go see it. But I think it would be definitely just for younger audiences. Like if it came out today, I would probably not go see the movie because I would be like, I'm too old for this. Whereas like everyone saw it when it came out. I would like to say that, like, I don't think, I think that teens today are, like, too smart to make Twilight blow up, but I don't think so. No, look at how many Kissing Booth movies are there. Too many. How big was Riverdale? Right. For a year. Riverdale's still, worse still than. Still on. Still on. Worse than Twilight. Yeah. Arguably. And it's like you put, like, a hot cast in a movie or in a TV show, people are going to eat that shit up. Like, they love it. And so I think it would still do pretty well. Also, it's like, I don't know, I feel like people are sort of lashing themselves on to it too because like the other big sort of nostalgia franchise is like written by a turf like you know it's like jk rowling has ruined all like goodwill people had towards her um very rapidly over the last like two years but twilight's problem and in, in, intensely problematic yes but stephanie meyer doesn't talk stephanie meyer does not spew a bunch of like her like mormon beliefs constantly even though she is but like no one talks about it really but like um, you know, I know she probably has some like weird conservative views, but she doesn't say she's not on Twitter. She doesn't say anything. So you can just kind of focus on the content and not think about her political beliefs and whether or not she hates trans people. It's kind of a great lesson if you're a YA author, just like don't be on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> don't say anything. Don't talk. Don't tell anybody anything about <laughs> yourself. <laughs> that's that's like the path to success. Yeah. <laughs> So to talk more about the resurgence of Twilight on TikTok, our guest today is Yasmin Saheed, an actor and content creator and TikToker based in Los Angeles. Yasmin, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what drew you to TikTok specifically and why did you want to create there? Um, I used to, I started on Instagram originally, but Instagram, especially at, at like before um, 
they introduced reels it wasn't the best at um like pushing your content to people outside of your followers um and then i realized like tiktok was like really good at like exposing you to a wider audience and like more people so um i was kind of like i don't know i acted kind of like um an old woman about it because i didn't want to like switch over to a newer platform but i just i was just like you know what i just have to I have to at least try um and so i did and then turns out i really you know it's it's very addictive but i i love it so much <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about your twilight parody videos but i'm curious about your relationship with the series prior to making the videos on it were you a huge fan of the movies books both um to be honest didn't read the books um it was they were too long um <laughs> but i was a massive fan of the film the series like i was in the theater for every single movie um like back in middle school we made it this whole event like we'd get a group of kids together to go watch it um and back then i was just in love with it like i was so obsessed and just thought it was like a cinematic masterpiece and now i mean like it's just funny because like now you watch it and you're like hmm it's not as good as i remembered it being <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think about sort of the the popularity of twilight content on tiktok especially over the last year there's been so many forms of it that have blown up what what, yeah. what have you seen and loved from it well, I think it's interesting because Twilight is like, um, it has such a big fan base and, you know, it was so popular, like, like it blew, it was like the franchise back then, it inspired like a bunch of like vampire like films and books. So it's like, um, because it was so big, like the fan base is still like alive and like when you think back at it, like it's such a prevalent like memory in so many people's minds so i think that's why like it's easy uh for a twilight niche to develop on tiktok because it was just for a lot of us it was such a big like part of our like childhoods and like our teenage years um and i think like you know especially a lot of people during when twilight first came out um it was geared to preteens, like middle schoolers like um, perfect age range for me back then um so it's now we look back at it as adults and we look back at how like corny it was how like the relationship between Bella and anyone was terrible um and it was like it's it's you just like have to laugh laugh at the whole like universe twilight universe and i think tiktok just made this perfect it's this perfect platform for like so many people to like share their thoughts and like um like videos and like what they really think about twilight what do you think is the most memeable moment in the twilight franchise oh there's so many <laughs> um the first thing that comes to mind is when Edward is like, I'm a killer Bella, and he starts to sparkle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like who, who wrote this? Like, oh, and then another is, um, honestly, Jacob's wig in New Moon <laughs> is just terrible. Like, it's like, I feel like it's not super memeable, but I just, it's the first thing you notice, and you're like, why? Like, who did the wigs who did the wigs for jacob it's so bad <laughs> and uh, like oh god the anytime the cullens googled the demon baby i'm like <laughs> aren't you guys like thousands of year old like why are you yahoo searching this like bait like it's just there's so many moments but definitely like the i'm a, this is the skin of a killer and he's like sparkling what <laughs> yeah there's too many to count <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we were talking um about it a little bit earlier about just like the bella where have you been where the hell have you been loca and like how that line oh, did not my God. stick out to me at all when i watched the movies but like it has taken on such a life of its own over the last few months like was that some was that a line that also was like memeable and stuck out to you or is it oh, also yeah. for sure it's just <laughs> such a corny it's just like it's it's like when these people write like teenage dialogue and you're just like teenagers don't talk like this. It's it's so out of place and just corny and forced. And I think it's also like 
Jacob's not Hispanic, so like, why is Loka in his vocabulary in like the first place? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's funny because back then I never thought like I, I was just like, oh my god, that's so cute. Um, but now I'm like, gross. <laughs> is there any contemporary like franchise or or movie that you think is gonna like receive the Twilight treatment? later like we talked a little bit about Riverdale like that seems to me to be the most obvious like it kind of already is on TikTok receiving the Twilight yeah. treatment like people are roasting it but is there anything else that you think is going to like age as poorly as say, TikTok as Twilight has I'm trying to think I don't I, I don't I don't know if I have like a definitive answer for that I mean yeah I'm thinking um yeah maybe Riverdale it's just the thing is like I'm not super into like all of the the media that's like pushed against like pr- like pushed towards preteens and stuff so like i don't i don't know <laughs> also with social media like it's it's easier to kind of like keep up with like what's cheesy like on tv and make fun of it so i think it's like if something's bad it's like happening in real time do you know what i mean yeah yeah and to your content specifically, which I, I love all of your your Twilight parody videos and especially the Jasper Stare videos. Um, when did you when did you start doing those and start making those? Oh, right after I binge watched Twilight on Netflix. It was like, <laughs> I mean, it just took me it t- it, t- it took me back. Um, and then there's just so many moments. Um, oh, sorry, mom's. My mom tried to call me. Um, there are just so many moments where... Give me one moment. I'm just gonna... Do not disturb my phone. Okay. Sorry. There are so many moments with, like... Um, you, you're just watching back at it, and you're like... Hmm. And it was the fluorescence line where his eyes turn hazel, and he's like, it's the fluorescence. And I'm like isn't that like kind of weird to anyone else so i started making i made the video off of like that scene um with like the eye filter and then i just like i was like what else can i do the eye filter with and i was like jasper because why is he going to a school with a bunch of teenagers when he's like he can't even control his thirst so it's like i thought jasper was perfect character um and yeah it's just yeah netflix really like revived it in the twilight community and also just mainstream in general to like remember remember this movie yeah you can watch the whole thing again waste six hours of your life (laughs) (laughs) and have those videos been some of your most popular or have your other content been more popular than the twilight parodies yeah honestly i mean i think it's kind of like it goes hand in hand um i definitely like there's a huge like view count for my twilight videos um that i really did not expect and it's super cool that they like popped up um but i would say it's still i do a lot of like main character spoof so i think it's still kind of like you know a a little bit on the same level but i think twilight is just a little bit more because there's more of like um like a solid fan base for that yeah and i know that you're an actress so is the is there a, a dream of one day being in a, a vampire movie? Um, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, I mean, who doesn't want to be in a, a corny movie? And like, like it was a huge franchise. Franchise, and like, I think. I mean, um, what's his face? Robert Pattinson hates Twilight, but it's like he was part of this like franchise that made an impact on so many people's lives and like on um, pop culture in general. So I would love to be like a part of a project that kind of like, um, you know, makes it di- makes an impact on pop culture and like, um, like people's, yeah, people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to talk about, uh, this insane movie franchise. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having <laughs> me. <laughs> so, Basically, the point of this podcast, you know, there is it is service journalism in the sense that we are explaining trends, 
to people and the significance in the cultural context of certain trends, and it's very serious in that regard, but it's also an excuse for us to just talk about shit that we see on our For You pages that make us laugh, Yeah, that we like. Yeah. No, I don't think you understand. I'm obsessed. So, Brittany, tell us what you're obsessed with. So I'm currently obsessed with all of the TikToks being made by Harry Styles stands about Harry's current tour, Love on Tour, as it's called. Uh, it's big for a number of reasons. There, it's the return of touring after a year of no touring. Um, he is one of the biggest pop stars in the world, so it was kind of a bit up in the air whether or not he was actually going to still go out on the road. But, of course, there's all these rules instated. Um, you need to be vaccinated or have a negative COVID test. You have to wear a mask inside the arenas, things like that. Um, and it's a lot of fans sort of documenting this in real time. And it's kind of wacky to see people back on tour again. But also, um, Harry Styles stands are hilarious to me because I am also one and I love all of their content. So some of my favorite videos have been people showing off their posters that they've been making for the tour. Um, and some of them are pretty like aggressively horny, um, as they should be. And, you know, as any of us would want to be for a Harry Styles tour. Uh, what, this is one of my favorites. And this girl has a poster that says, punch me in the face, Harry. And the video is just Harry um, shaking his head no at her. And then her camera very suddenly just like falling out of her hand as she's like reacting to him, reacting to her poster. And there's a lot of great videos of like the girls getting ready for the concert. Um, you know, just like kind of that classic sort of teen stan content that you want and I would have probably made when I was a teen going to concerts of like everyone waiting for literally 12 hours before his show so they can get as close to pos as close as possible to the stage because um, there's like a whole GA area of the show um, and so they're just kind of all getting ready as if Harry's gonna hit on them which is literally what the video says that they're getting ready as if Harry's gonna pick them out of the crowd and date them it's very cute videos. I'm excited to kind of see how they progress over the course of the tour, like all the insane posters that are coming out. I think people are trying to also get more competitively horny and weird in the posters to get Harry's attention. Um, a lot of the videos are people getting trying to get reactions from Harry on stage, um, which is ideal type of content for me. I think it's rude that he said no. <laughs> he has a lot of puncher in the face. Why not? <laughs> She's, there's consent. <laughs> She's asked for it, yes. There's <laughs> clear consent. There's clear consent. <laughs> Maybe make her day, Harry. <laughs> Harry Styles, punch her in the face. Yes, that's, that's a new hashtag that we have to get to trend. <laughs> and Harry, I mean, he's not technically a himbo. Maybe he is. He's a little bit of a himbo. He's got himbo energy. Himbo. Yeah. But we have, he's a himbo rising. He's a, he's a himbo, yeah, he's a himbo rising, um, for sure. <laughs> but speaking of that, to transition very much into my favorite segment, Himbo of the Week. Himbo. And you have crowned uh, two Himbos of the Week. I have. It's, it's a two-for-one deal this week. Um, they're these Russian brothers. They're called the Alisov brothers. They have two million followers. And their whole thing is they dance, then they almost kiss, and then they don't kiss. That's it. That's all, that's, that's all they do. They just almost kiss and then don't kiss. I wouldn't say they're like good dancers. No, or they're not good dancers. They're not good dancers. They're not particularly cute. They just dance and almost make out. Yeah. And I love them very much. I, I mean, it's not like, it's not really like a new thing. Yeah. Um, like faux or borderline incest content between siblings and twins in particular is actually kind of weirdly big on TikTok. Yeah. I don't know if you get that a lot on your For You page. I've got, yeah. Because I've seen them on my For You page before. And I've seen a couple of other ones. Yeah. It's, it's always a little, a little much. It's, it's disconcerting and it's clearly for clout. Yeah. And it's unclear whether or not, you know, they're actually siblings or yeah. there's this actually this guy whose whole thing is like finding those videos on TikTok and then stitching them with Sweet Home Alabama. Like that's basically like his whole <laughs> page. Um, but I, I, I mean, I find it fascinating that there's such a huge yeah. audience for this, 
even if the audience is just people commenting like how deeply weirded out they are by yeah. it. Yeah. I've also seen the um the opposite where it's like very clearly not related. Like I've seen like the sort of not the sibling version, but like the like daddy version where it's like people and they're like much older boyfriends or husbands or partners and like they're like making videos where they pretend like they're like their parents and like trying to get a rise out of people and then it's like you go to their page and they're clearly just like like dating yeah it's very it's it's very much for clout it's very much for clout but there is like a market you know in gay porn especially um for twins yeah like i remember my friends and i were obsessed with the peters i don't know if you're familiar with the peters twins but they were like this very famous gay porn twin couple maybe like five ten years ago yeah and they had a very active instagram presence and they were in love yeah like they were dating and in love yeah and like gave interviews being like i love my brother so much like he's my soulmate and then all of a sudden their social platforms were wiped because one of them got engaged to a lady. Oh my god! And now, like, you can find him on Facebook. Like, yeah. like they have just like a they have kids. It's like they have this nuclear family together, and the other one has just disappeared. And I, we were like sad about it. Yeah, it was like weirdly tragic. Yeah, and and I was so mad. Like, it's it's maddening that like they. <laughs> Wait, they were, so were they real siblings? They weren't real siblings. They were. They were twins. Okay. They were twins, and they had sex on camera, and they were in love. They were in love, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were in love. Their whole thing was giving interviews being like I love my brother so much. Like I know that society looks yeah. down on like looks down on this, but like we love each other. Yeah. And I just and I hated like being in that position where we have to root for like an incestuous gay twin couple. But <laughs> welcome to Don't Love This Flop where we find the weird depths of porn that we both are knowledgeable about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe we should just say thank you for listening to <laughs> Don't thank Let This Flop. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network, written and hosted by me, EJ Dixon, and Brittany Spanos. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul, edited by Matthew Whitehurst, and original music composed by Daniel Mertzleft. <laughs>